Well, welcome back to another episode of the Hubicane Podcast. I'm so glad that you're here. Now, if you're joining us for the first time, welcome. My name is Simon Osimo, and you can catch me every week while I interview a guest who's overcome extreme adversity, created a positive mindset, or has found their true purpose in life. Now, before we dive into this week's content, I just want to remind you that a few weeks ago, I launched a newsletter which gives you behind-the-scenes insights into the guests, talks about the show, and will tell you what's up and coming. So please do one of two things. Either go to the show notes, click the link, and um, subscribe to the newsletter, or please head on over to my website, which is simonosimo.com, where you can sign up there. Now, another thing you can do to support the show Um, is leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us grow and gets the message out there. And if the episode resonates with you, if you like what my guest has to say, please share with your circle of influence on social media. Now, today's guest is Amanda Horvath, who is a YouTuber, content creator, and a video and personal brand coach. Now, Amanda's channel has over 35,000 subscribers. Believe her, largest video has had around 350,000 views. But we're going to hear today how a death close to Amanda changed her perspective and really resequenced her life and caused her to say that I want to pursue this being an entrepreneur and a content creator. So I know you're going to get so much out of hearing Amanda's story today. So will you join me as we welcome today's guest, Amanda Horvath. Well, Amanda Horvath, welcome to the Who Became podcast. Thank you. So excited to be here. Yeah, and I'm really excited you've been on because I've been on quite a journey from learning how to do my podcast and producing video. Um, and I've used a lot of the, the sort of skills, the tips and tricks that you give on your YouTube channel. So I'm really grateful you've taken the time to talk to me and I'm, I'm really excited to sort of share you with my, with my listeners. Absolutely. You've got an awesome podcast, so I'm excited to be here. <laughs> Well, thank you. And I'll tell my listeners a little bit about who you are. So you are a video and personal brand coach, uh, video marketing and production. You run an eight-week DIY roadmap, which I know I've messaged you before and said, Amanda, I want to be on that course. So I'm saying on, re- on a recording now, I've committed. I really want to join one of your one of your groups. Um, and you've got around 35,000 subscribers on YouTube. So um, so says my seven-year-old son, you're a rock star. You know, anyone that's got more than the, uh, the few hundreds that I've got, he considers a rock star. And I think when I was looking last night, your highest viewed video has around 150,000 um, views. So, I mean, you're, as YouTube goes, you're someone that does this for a living and you're producing great material. So it's, it's really uh, exciting to sort of talk and hear a bit more about your journey. So maybe, Amanda, if you don't mind, maybe start off a little bit about how did you get into videography in the first place? Where did that interest and passion come from? So I've been at it for quite some time, got started in high school, went to film school, did that whole thing, very quickly realized that film is not my ideal career. I'm not all about standing around for 15 hours on set. So I quickly fell into creating videos for business owners and working with business owners and absolutely 
fell in love with entrepreneurship and helping people get their message out into the world. So I ran a video marketing business for six years. And during that time, saw the trends that were happening in terms of these incredible devices getting better and better. A mobile phone, yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. And it started to become like, why are they paying me thousands of dollars to create these simple talking head videos when they could just create these themselves? Oh, it's because they don't have the right information in order to do that. So what if I created an online course that walked them through the process of how to do that? And that is what became the DIY video roadmap. And it has continued to evolve ever since and really become a program for helping people use video to become thought leaders within their niche. So I launched that in January of last year of 2020, which was the perfect pivot moment yes. <laughs> right before the pandemic hit um, and am still going strong at that. And so when you had that, I don't know, was it like an awakening moment when, because it must be quite hard when you're being paid, when it's probably easy money and you can see, well, they can do this themselves. I don't really even need me, but I'm going to sort of keep being in there. What was there? just a desire to sort of change because I imagine it can become a little bit sort of repetitive um, if you're making content for other people and they're coming to you and reach the point where you want to um, go your own way. Was that sort of a, a sort of a roadmap that sort of led you on this journey? So I've always been a lifestyle entrepreneur. And one of the reasons, once again, why I didn't like doing film was because of the long 15-hour days and everything yeah. like that. And I wanted to live at the beach in LA, not in Hollywood, right? <laughs> All these different things. And that continued to be the case as I ran my agency. So anyone that's out there that is an agency owner or a service-based business owner, you know that it can be really, really draining to work one-on-one -on -one with clients. And so I was hearing all of this stuff about online marketing. I was learning from Marie Forleo, Amy Porterfield, like inter names here. I've taken so many online courses and it was like, okay, I can do this. I can make this happen. Maybe I should take a step into a different business model that would achieve that lifestyle freedom that I'm really after. So in some ways, it was kind of like a two-part situation. It was like I saw a need in the market and I saw an opportunity for to step into a different lifestyle that being an agency owner did not get me. I don't know if that answers your question, but yeah, it does. <laughs> and was there a was there overlap between your day job and sort of consulting or doing videography on the side, or was it that sort of uh, a moment? I know there's a life defining moment that we'll sort of talk about in a, in a few minutes, but was there crossovers between these two sort of worlds, or did you just sort of there was off? yeah so. At first, so I started my YouTube channel in June of 2018, and I continued running my video production company for up until April 2019. And throughout that time, I started gaining traction and it was very slow. Like progress on YouTube does not happen fast. So if you're out there, you're listening to this podcast, you're like, yeah, you could say that again. It's very true. Like it takes time. So I was very much in that boat. I started realizing that as long as I will do it for you, people weren't going to take my strategies seriously and they weren't going to take the leap in, in trusting me as the video strategist because I was essentially being a producer who was giving video strategy away for free because that was just part of what I did. But I found that I really wanted to like live fully in that strategy world and, and, and just focus on that, not just, hey, 
sit down, hit record on your on your camera kind of thing. And so cold turkey in April 2019, I passed off my entire client book to my subcontractor and said, I'm out. And I started wow. creating my online course right after that. And it was quite the journey and quite the, uh, definitely hit the, the all is lost moment in probably November of 2020, or sorry, November of 2019, as I was creating this, trying to birth this course into the world. <laughs> yeah. And it must be uh, quite a, a stressful moment, apprehensive moment where, you know, you spend a lot of time building this business. Um, you know, you build up a clientele, you build up your connections and then just to, to hand that to someone else is a bit like your baby. I mean, I've always consulted for many years since being here in the US and, and, and I'm not a control freak, but people around me might say, Simon, you're a control freak. You want to manage it. But that's part of being an entrepreneur, right? But you sort of, you know, like to have an idea, you can visualize it and then you can execute it. So, so how hard was it to hand over your entire sort of portfolio of clients? mindset to sort of to your subcontractor? So at that stage, I was working with a really big influencer. And while working with that, that influencer, I realized it clicked for me. I was like, I don't want to be this person's video person. Like I want to be that person. And that I felt like I had kind of hit the top of that ladder in a way of how far I could go up in terms of the kind of businesses that I wanted to work with, the kinds of entrepreneurs that I wanted to get in the room with. And so that really made it a lot easier for me to step away because I was ready for what was next. Yeah. And so if we move into your life, and I keep saying a YouTuber, I don't know if you refer to yourself as a YouTuber. I mean, you have a, a coaching and sort of um, your online business, but because you post videos every day on YouTube, you've got 35,000. We've got to call you a YouTuber as well. It's a dual, dual sort of um, hat that you wear. But uh, maybe tell us a little bit about your decision to get into that full time. I know there was a sort of a, 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 a very sad moment in your life that made you reflect and sort of change, change course. So... It was October 2017. So the year before I started my YouTube channel, my ex-boyfriend passed away on my birthday. And it was about a year out from us breaking up. So maybe a little even less than a year, kind of that still new-ish period of you don't really want to like reach out because the wound's still very raw kind of thing. And that was a big... I mean, if anyone has lost someone, you know, like the grief that hits and how intense that can be. And each person deals with grief differently. And for me, it was kind of this wake up call of, wow, okay, he was only, I believe he was 34 when he passed away and maybe 35. And like, he hadn't yet taken the action to like, fully fulfilled, I guess, the dreams that he had. And so it made me realize like, okay, we don't have forever to, to spend going after our dreams. Like if we're going to make things happen, we need to make things happen today. And so that kind of started things moving for me. And it started like, you know, when that was in October of 2017, it kind of went through that shock period. And then January comes around, which is that new revived energy of what are the new year's resolutions that you're going to set this year? And every single year I wanted to start a YouTube channel for the past two years before this. So this was my third year setting that new year's resolution. And I put my foot down and I was like, no, this year it is happening. I am going to make, 
I'm, it, this is, this is going to happen. So I spent the first half of the year kind of prepping for it, learning everything I could about YouTube, because even as a production person, YouTube is a whole different game. Uh, you don't have B roll. You're sitting and talking to the camera. Like I wasn't comfortable on camera. I had to get comfortable on camera and all, all of those things. So in June, 2018, I launched that YouTube channel. Yeah. And sometimes I know I heard you share that story or part of that story on your YouTube channel. Uh, and there's a couple of interesting, I think, pieces for an outsider. One, it was someone that you'd made probably, you were no longer in connection with or was sort of distanced from your life, you know, being a sort of an ex-boyfriend. Um, mm-hmm. But the fact that it hit you so significantly, you said, okay, I've got to, I've got to change. And I guess I've always got to ask the question, is why, why did it take something so um, sad and tragic to really right. jumpstart jump start you? Maybe it's a difficult one to answer, but it's always interesting what propels us into that sort of next Um, phase of life? It is really interesting. I mean, I think it was building. I think I had wanted to do that for so long. And I'm the kind of person that I say I'm going to do something and I do it. So I had a New Year's resolution one year, I'm going to read the entire Bible. And I did it. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, so for me to say, like, I'm going to start a YouTube channel this year, and then for two years, it not actually happened, it was eating me up inside. And so it was, you know, there was a lot of things that were happening. I think also having worked with that big influencer at the same time, that was a big aha moment. Like essentially I had made the decision that I'm starting a YouTube channel. I'm going all in on my personal brand. And then I got this massive contract from this influencer, which is what happens, right? We put our dreams out into the world. And then it's like the universe tests us that, Hey, do you really want this? Like, is this really what you want? Uh, let me give you something that you thought you previously wanted. And let's see if you're still down for that new goal. Uh, so it's hard to say exactly why it took such a tragic event, or even if it was necess- like just the tragic event that spurred it along. I think it's like a combination of everything that was happening that year. Yeah, and it really, um, those type of events make you take stock and think about your life as to what it is that you're going to do and what does it uh, look like. But I guess, you know, you, you told us a couple of times where, you know, you might have needed that sort of leap of faith, you know, you throw yourself into YouTube. But, you know, one of the things I think I looked last night on your channel, and I think you said it's now close to three years, but you've posted consistently every week now for like two and a half years. So, so clearly consistency is a big thing um, for you because, I mean, that is a tall order for, for anyone um, to do. So, I mean, <laughs> how, how is that? How do you build that consistency? Maybe you can tie that just into your life. I mean, why, why is consistency so important for you to, to help you succeed in your entrepreneurial endeavors? So I really think... And this is where we, we kind of start to go a little, a little woo-woo in a way, but I really genuinely believe that video is a spiritual teacher. It has been in my life and has continued to kind of guide me. Um, whether, you know, I think not that that discounts like my relationship to God or anything like that, but it's like, it somehow has guided me in a very different way. And consistency is one of those ways that it guides you. So for most people, being consistent on something can be really challenging. You know, you say you're going to do something, but then resistance hits and you back down. And I think that no matter what, I am posting a video on Tuesday. That decision to stay consistent has continued to alter things within my life. I've gained more confidence in different areas. It has opened up 
limiting beliefs that I didn't even know I had in terms of just like everything. Um, so consistency for me, it was in a way, it was that same thing that I've previously said is like, I'm going to say, I'm going to do something and I'm going to freaking do it. This is going yeah. to happen. Like I am going to make this happen. Um, because well, there has to be a lot of follow through in life. I mean, I was listening to a, a guy, he runs a, a men's group, you know, and he sort of said there's like different classes of, of sort of men. And one of them he called, it was it was making me laugh, but one he was called like a researcher. There's the guy that says, okay, I'm going to research the subject inside and out. I'm going to get a master's degree. I'm going to get these courses. And he's like, yeah, but a researcher never finishes anything. You know, he's just constantly searching for information. And it's always, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do that tomorrow. Well, you've got all the knowledge now need to follow through in life as well quite quite clearly you've got to follow through to actually execute and take that take that action and i think also like with with my message being video and like all you need is simple video you don't need to get complicated with it like i can create really awesome videos but i don't do that every week because then i couldn't stay consistent like i yeah. think that was a big part of the consistency too and the ability to do so uh, building that system that actually has allowed me to do so has really led to my success. So there's a lot tied yeah, into that. Yeah, there really is. There's some, some deep stuff in there as well um, coming out. But, uh, you know, so we sort of said it's now kind of the three years, I think you said, of videos weekly. In one June of the comments, In June it will be, yeah. And so one of the things I was talking about, um, or I've made a note of to ask you is about sort of perception of being a YouTuber. Um, but before, before we get there, I want to ask you about the feelings or emotions that maybe could prevent people from starting YouTube channels is your life is out there. You know, I mean, I know we were just talking offline about, you know, just, just recording and, and pushing the stuff out there. But even in my struggles and journeys, showing people who the real Simon is, you have to be very vulnerable, don't you? And I think that there's an element of YouTube can be a bit of fun. There's everything from that cat jumping off someone's roof and falling in like a bucket of water to the more educational stuff that you and a few of my, my friends do but no matter what you're doing you're being vulnerable to your to your audience have you ever sort of reflected on that before i have so this concept of do you have to show everything to everyone i don't think that you do i think that specifically with youtube it's all about providing value so a lot of people, they tell me like, you kind of keep us at an arm's distance, Amanda, like your videos, we want to see more of your behind the scenes, your lifestyle kind of content and all that stuff. Like people request that. And whenever I do it, they always are first to comment. I love this version of you so much better than, you know, yeah. than, than the one that's just sitting and telling us stuff. Um, but at the same time, I'll do research calls and other people are like, please don't change it. I love it. You give me exactly what I need. And that's why I go to your channel. So I think that for me, the vlog type content in that more behind the scenes, that more intimate lifestyle type stuff, it sounds really awesome from an ego standpoint of, I want to show up. I want to prove myself. I want to be awesome online on YouTube. But then from a realistic standpoint of actual execution, I think for me, doing the more simple sitting talking head educational type videos is more sustainable. And it allows me to have a private life outside of that too. And I'll occasionally let down that curtain, let people in. I think Instagram is really a, the bigger way that I do that. 
in terms of Instagram stories, the vulnerable posts that I share, uh, and, and those kind of things. But I think there's a time and place for each one of those. Yeah, and it is. It must be challenging to show your audience who you are, but not give so much aware of yourself that, you know, that, that everything is out there. So like I said, it's something that I've often um, struggled with is showing people who I really am. You know, sometimes there can be this sort of um, facade because you don't want to show them any hurt, brokenness and pain and stuff that you're you're feeling in your own life. It's easier to have that sort of the, the mask on and stuff. So, yeah, interesting mm-hmm. stuff. And so what about the perception when you might say to people, you know, if you're meeting someone for the first time and they say, what do you do? You, I'm sure you drift towards where well, you're a coach, you do mentoring and you do online training, but the subjects of YouTube must must come up. I mean, what's, what's the perception if someone says, I'm a full, full-time YouTuber? Is it like, get out there and get a job? Or is it like, well done, I'm wrong to the <laughs> of you? What's, what type of reaction? It is a really interesting thing because I don't, I don't really lead with the YouTube front. I've kind of tested it out here and there. But also what's interesting is my growth has been massive since COVID hit. So I started out in January of 2020, I had 4,400 subscribers and today I have 35,000. So the growth has been huge within that stand that within that time to where if previously when I was out at networking events, shaking hands with people, saying I was a YouTuber felt a little strange, you know, like it kind of had that imposter syndrome. And I think maybe now I can kind of own that title a little bit more, but I haven't had as much opportunity to do so. But I did the other day, I ran into uh, these parents that I went to kids, I went to elementary school with their son, I saw them at a restaurant, and I was like, Oh, my gosh, hi, how are you? And they're like, what do you do these days? And I'm like, I'm a YouTuber, and I have a course. And it was like, you know, like kind of like, really? Okay. I'm going to look you up. Like, I wonder what this is. Um, so it is kind of fun to play around with. I hopefully things open up here soon and I can play around with it a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. And there's a, you know, I think I sort of joked about my, my son, you know, we'll often say, you know, he, he loves going on YouTube and kids love going on YouTube. And I can remember, I think I saw this on Facebook or somewhere, but it was a guy going around with a camera and it was in, it could have been your old neck of the woods. It could have been LA or somewhere. And he's, he's going up to people that drive nice cars and he's asking them, what do you do for work? You know? And I think there was this one guy that was 20, 21 driving this Lamborghini. He said, oh, what, what are you doing? He's like, I'm a YouTuber. You know, there is this a stereotype. It does come to people's mind as in you're this young 15 year old kid who's playing Fortnite video games and you know, you get these 600 million views on one video, you know, and all you're doing is sat in your, your chair doing it. So, so there's a, a glamorous perception that might come to people's minds when you think of YouTubers and stuff. But the reality is there's a lot of people that educate and, and train like, like you do and stuff out there. Yeah, I think it's more so the biz- it's the marketing strategy for the business, right? So ultimately, I'm a course creator. Correct. I have an online course. I teach video but the, the way that clients come to me is through YouTube. And I kind of started it off with that mindset with my, you know, my knowledge as video marketing, right? Like that was the, the, the lens. Well, Um, you have to have that funnel that everyone keeps talking about. It's like, how are you going to get them in? Get them on the mailing list, you know, um, (laughs) Batman with 60 emails. I think I've got like 4,000 emails in my inbox, which people trying to, maybe you're in there as well, Mandy, you know, trying to to sell me stuff, but but, but that's good because you can pick and choose, but that is true. I mean, there's, there's a lot about YouTube. It's a funnel to draw people in to showcase who you are and, and stuff like that. So, you know, I mean, I, when I was just looking last night and maybe on a different platform, you got 
different numbers. But I mean, the, one of the highest videos I saw was like 150,000 and it was about how to work a, a camera. And I could have done with it before this because I was trying to get my camera, camera to work. But how do you feel when you see your stuff? I don't know if there's a definition of a viral video, but how does it make you feel when you see this stuff blowing up and to know that 150,000 people have taken something that you've created and they're using that to you know, take photographs that could be life-changing moments of a, a wedding, of a birth or of a, uh, an occasion. I must give you a real gratification from that because you never know who you've touched with this stuff, Amanda, do you imagine? It's so true. It's so very true. So it was funny because I saw in your email that you said that and I was like, really, is it only 150 K? And I went and I was like, no, no, my top one has 385,000. She's just showing everyone. She is a true YouTuber. She's correcting me. Let's get, let's get anyway. my numbers right. Yeah, yeah No, good. but I, I love it though. So it's such an interesting experience when it does hit. So that the top video is it, is actually about a teleprompter and how to use a teleprompter. And it, I created that video, I posted it, I got it up, you know, did the hustle. And then it was like, man, I really thought that one was going to do well. And then, which is every week. Right. And then you wait, you wait, you wait, eight months later, boom, it hits the algorithm. People are flooding yeah. into my channel. It's, you know, the perfect timing happened with COVID people are researching video and bam, I'm there. And here we are, let's go. And so that is such an interesting experience to have of people flooding in of giving that affirmation. And I think it's really, there's, there's two parts to this. And, and I want to get back to the people using this to really like genuinely change yeah. their lives. Cause I think that that, that is a big part of my message with those comments flooding in and everything. And even today, right? Like I've shared something on the YouTube channel that is very controversial and the comments coming in are not so kind oh, right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's like grounding yourself and ensuring that you're not going to wrap your ego in what other people are saying about you and that you can trust that okay, the right people will show the right people will come. I'll just continue putting in the effort and you know, one of my, my big affirmations that I say is like, God controls the results. I control the effort that I put in. That's all I can do. So focus on the effort, focus on the effort, focus on the effort. Now, in terms of when it really does impact people's lives, and I get these messages on Instagram about how, you know, they, they gain even just like the small things, like I finally have clarity about what I'm doing. This one video helped me so much. I'm, you know, I'm whatever it is, or I'm making more money in my business because I've implemented these things. Oh my gosh, I've posted my sixth video on YouTube. Like it's really kind of incredible. The ripple effect that, that can happen by one person sitting in front of the camera. And I'm just continually amazed at that. And it's like, not only am I impacting other people's lives to get them sitting in front of the camera, but they begin to impact other people's lives because they took the seat as well. So it's really powerful. Yeah, it is. And it's actually interesting. I can't remember the episode on my podcast, but there's a friend of mine in Colorado had a tough time in his uh, marriage. He came on the show, um, shared a little bit about that. Um, and he was apprehensive as to how he was going to come across and had an email. So he's in here in Colorado. I'm an English guy and I had an email from someone in New Zealand to say that I've just listened to the episode of your podcast 
and it's inspired me to, you know, course correct with my wife and go mm. go on and try and rebuild the relationship. But I told my friend that, and he was like, "Wow!" I mean, it was like, you know, who would who would have thought how the world and universe just put all that together? Um, yeah. And people often say to me, you know, how do you determine success? Of your podcast, like I don't, you know, Pete, I, I determine it by the interesting messages that I get in where people are saying it is helping to to change them. It doesn't matter if one person listens in. Hopefully, there's more than one person listening, but or, or, or thousands, you know, it, it's making a difference in in life. Interesting stuff. I, I think absolutely, and I think keeping that in the mindset, like from the beginning, like when I started, I knew that I was in this, I was in it to win it, right? Like I was not going to give up. And at the beginning, like the effort that we're putting in at the beginning, when your YouTube channel is small, when your podcast is small, it's actually the same effort that you're going to be putting in when thousands of people are listening and you're getting all of those comments. And it can be really challenging at first because you're judging your value based on these metrics, these vanity metrics. But if you do pay attention to more of those messages that are coming in, those side comments at a dinner party of, Hey, I'm really loving your podcast or whatever, different things like that. That is what keeps you going. It's not the vanity metrics. So I love that you shared that. And tell me a bit about then the, the negativity. I got a, uh, a friend of mine um, who's just still sort of starting out in um, YouTube, but he's got quite a big um, Facebook following and he's very, he doesn't mind. He's controversial. He, he throws stuff out there about race and stuff all, all the time. You know, it's, um, it's interesting to, to see what he posts and then reactions of people. I don't know if he does it just to wind people up or not. It's that's something my friend Spencer would do, but he likes being out there. But, there's a lot of negativity that you, you get in and sometimes he'll reach out and we'll sort of discuss it. But I mean, when you get those negative comments about something that you've put your heart and soul into, how does that make you feel when you spend hours doing a video and then the first comment that come in or a comment that comes in that says, yeah, that was no good. Or you get these dislikes. I mean, is that, is that just a sort of a chip away? How, how do you, how do you deal with that, Amanda? Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'm definitely human. It definitely impacts me. And, but at the same time, I know, like I actually just posted about this on Instagram this morning, like don't let the people in the stands judge you when you're in the arena. Right. So it's well, like really, that. that's good. Yeah. It's so good. And it's like, you know what you, you get a negative comment, click back, look at their YouTube channel. Are they making videos? No all right, they have no way of sharing, like, what are they, what are, why are they going to negatively impact my perspective of myself and me genuinely coming from an authentic place and sharing something that I find valuable that I just want to share to other people, right? If they're not the people that, if they're not going to resonate with it and they're threatening to leave, let them leave. Seriously. Like we don't need that in our lives. So I think it's kind of this balancing act. Like I, um, I also mentioned this in my post on Instagram today. It was like this, it's a balance, balancing act because yes, you want to be reading your comments. You want to be adjusting your content to what people are saying, the needs that people have projecting how you can further help them. That's what makes your content resonate at such a core level, but you need to be able to distinguish those that are negatively impacting you that are the ones that, you know, you really shouldn't be listening to from those that are genuinely interested 
and curious viewers. Yeah, because those those naysayers, you'll always get naysayers in life, but you can't do this, you can't do that. You know, you're too young, you're too old, you know, you don't have a degree, you don't have the experience. Um, it's just like, yeah, I just my life has generally just been my successes I believe have come from just pushing them aside and saying if you're not adding value just just move away because when the human mind um, puts its heart and soul into things there, there's so much you, you can achieve so it's good to see that you have that positive attitude and yeah if, if I see anything on your channel maybe I'll just go in and just Make, make some comments back and stuff, you know, let, let's we compare the likes and, and the subscribers and stuff, you know, maybe you can't do that. I can do that for you. Maybe that, that'll get, that'll get, get rid of them. <laughs> so, yeah. Today was the first day that I deleted several comments. I was like, all right, now we're, we're deleting these. <laughs> well, well, when this podcast airs, I'm going to have to put a link to your stuff in there so people can see what this, what this video was, that was so controversial out of you. But all right. hey, I wanted to, before we sort of start getting close to wrapping, I want to talk about one of the statements you always make when you're, channel which i really like um is when you talk about um the hamster wheel and i'm going to get it wrong so i'll just let you explain it about you know generally now uh, we trade sort of time for for money but there's a different way to sort of look at this and you mentioned within your course creation do, do you mind sharing with my viewers what you mean by the sort of hamster wheel and, and sort of how we generally earn our income absolutely so back in high school, I was actually in a networking, one of those multi-level networking type businesses that all of us hate that we all eventually learn are, you know, not the best method of going about making money. But while I was in it, I learned a lot of principles based on passive income, pipeline income, and how to build that within your business. And a lot of them were incredibly eye-opening. One of the ones that really, really stuck with me was this concept from Robert Kiyosaki, which is his cash flow quadrant. And it's this concept that there are, if you picture a quadrant, you have two lines that are vor vertically going across each other and crossing one another, right? On the left side of the quadrant, there, this is where 95% of the population lives. And that is where we are trading time for money, either as an employee or a self-employed business owner. So service-based business owners, you fall into the S-type business, right? If your business does not run with you stepping out of it, then you are in that quadrant. So 95% of the population is living over there, yet only 5% of the wealth is on that side. So on the flip side, you've got people that are leveraging either a system or their money in order to make more money for them. So these are the franchise business owners, the business owners that genuinely can step away and their business continues running, the investors as well. And so 95% of the wealth is on that side <laughs> and only 5% of the population. So I really think for me, the question that I continuously run after and think about is, all right, how do I get over to that other side? How do we get off the hamster wheel of trading time for money and set up a passive income source that is going to allow us to better utilize our skills and our gifts and our time without burning out. Because burnout is a huge part of like, I've just experienced a lot of burnout in my life. And I know a lot of people have as well with this hustle culture and all that. So I'm very anti all of that. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's interesting because I mean, I have a, uh, you know, I do a lot of work with churches in safety and security. And I've got a video library where churches can just go in and subscribe. Uh, and I sort of stumbled into that just because I was getting calls from churches, uh, you know, across America asking for help. It's like, well, you can't be everywhere. 
you know, mm-hmm. let's just let's record the material. Uh, don't judge me on my material. I don't want you to go and check on my site and see being your videographer skills. But you know, there's a lot of stuff out there. It's like, okay, you know, I just put it out just because it was the easiest thing to do. I'd not really thought of this concept that you had mentioned. I mean, it, it seems common sense, but common sense isn't very, very common. So it exactly. is a great, it is a great, great concept, particularly where the society is and stuff now. I mean, that, maybe that's why a lot of online stuff has really blown up during COVID that everyone's just seeing this more, that there's a way to just make so much passive income and change your life by having a sort of a product rather than, uh, like you say, I go to work for eight hours and they pay me this amount of amount of money. Yeah. Yeah. We have an unlimited impact that we have the ability to make if we get into the right alignment with how we're sharing our value with others in a way that is actually scalable. So, man, as we start to... Um, wrap up what are um you know you have a strong desire to help a little guy i mean because like, you're helping people you're training them to do the things that you've you've done um but what do you want to be known for at the end of all this what is it if you look back and someone's talking about you when you're not there not not in a gossip way or a negative comment on on youtube but they're they're discussing your life what would you want people to be saying about you about your accomplishments <laughs> yeah. So I've thought about this a lot. It's harder. It's definitely a harder question to answer, but I really ultimately want to be seen as someone that has followed inspiration and not compromised my values, my beliefs in order to achieve success and been able to really impact the lives of thousands of people by doing that. So I think that's really core to it in terms of just like the general message. But then I also want to make video accessible to the masses. Like I want to help people that genuinely have a video, a message that is inside them that they're struggling to share. I want to help them get that out into the world because I know that the more voices that pop onto the main stage, the more the world is going to begin to change and even out to the, uh, the powers that may be right. (laughs) Yeah. No, and that is fast, fast, powerful stuff to to know that you've left, um, you left a legacy behind, which which is training, which people are going to use and grow their own businesses and sort of change and impact other lives. I mean, you know, like, like we sort of touched on journey, you never know who's taking your um, some of your stuff as to what they're then going to go and do it and who they're going to impact. Um, so yeah, yeah, powerful, powerful. Now, as we um, wrap up, just one final question. So a good friend of mine, Spencer Taran, he actually um, lives in China, but he's in Bali right now. He's created his own YouTube channel. He's got like 1,300 followers, a desire to sort of to grow it. So we sort of take Spencer and sort of multiply him. Well, what are just like two things you might say to anyone who's just in the early stages of starting a YouTube channel? What are, what are two things that you think they should do today to try and sort of either grow their influence or become better YouTubers? First and foremost, and you're not going to like hearing it, but you better learn the YouTube algorithm, like take courses on YouTube. Don't try to go about it blindly. There is a very, there's definitely a formula that you follow that works. Consistency is part of that formula. So that'd probably be the second thing. It's like, stay consistent, stay, keep reading the polls from your audience, the feedback, ignoring the negative ones and continue on your path. And eventually you will strike that chord that resonates with other people and hit that trend that is suddenly taking off. And suddenly you are positioned perfectly to benefit from it. 
I like it. I'm going to have to start researching now. I'm going to remember myself. But, and someone just came to me, actually. I know when me and you were talking about you coming on this podcast, uh, you'd seen the interview that I'd done with one of the pastors at my church, Brian um, Suter. It's just something that he said. I don't know if he said it during the podcast or offline, but it really resonated with me. He says that being a public speaker as a pastor is, it's very common for him to get criticism via emails. Um, and what he would say is he'd read the email and he, uh, his first sort of reaction would be, that's not me, or, you know, they've missed, the, um, you know, haven't understood the sort of the meaning behind the message. But then he then says, for those naysayers, he often says, what is the learning or what is the teaching in it? Um, and he yeah. also says that before, before he goes to deliver a sermon, he'll take the, sort of the last piece of criticism or negativity that he had, and he'll have that in his mind as he sort of steps up saying, what, what is the learning? Because as a presenter um, or as a trainer, you know, you're never going to captivate the entire audience, but you've got to do your best to get most of them. So maybe so that's something that you can, you can remember what Brian Suter said is, you know, take those nuggets in, in their criticism and their dislikes. What is it? What's the learning for, for Amanda? It could be keep pushing on doing more and get them off your channel, Amanda. That's what it could be. For <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, I see myself as carving the path to, and this is the last thing I'll say, but like, each person, like we are going to continue growing and evolving and changing with time. Like if I don't know about you, but like I'm constantly changing and evolving and I want my channel to change and evolve with me. Yet YouTube kind of wants you to stay stuck in a certain place in that, like, this is what you're known for. This is what you keep doing. This is what the YouTube algorithm wants you to, uh, to keep creating videos about because this is the audience that you have. I take the approach of let's evolve, let's evolve together. Let's evolve the content. Let's evolve the audience. So yeah, absolutely. If you're not a fit, take a step aside. <laughs> <laughs> now, Amanda, so what is the best place for people to get hold of you? If, if they sparked an interest, want to learn more about some of the coaching you do, learn how to get onto to YouTube, um, any of the other, uh, I know you have also some downloads that people can actually download. The annoying thing for me, I'm so non-technical, but having somewhere I can go and see downloads of, of templates and stuff is key for someone like me. So maybe tell us a little bit about some of your social media stuff. Absolutely. So amandahorvath.com is the best place to go. On the homepage of that website, I will link you to the quick start guide to video, which I really can't recommend enough. It will get you set up with the foundational basics that you need in terms of the best video topics to choose, how to write your script, and 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 like just give you everything that you need. It setting up like your explainer statement, being able to describe what it is that you do. Uh, so that's a really great resource that I recommend everyone takes. And then what you were talking about was that I have some templates on my website as well that are graphic templates that are transition packages. This has been a massive thing that people have been asking me for. You can take basic iPhone video and by adding these transitions over it, it will suddenly up the production of your quality immediately. So I have those on my website as well as some other social teaser templates as well. Yeah, and it's true. I mean, I can't speak um, highly enough of you. Like I said, I mean, I got, um, I don't know how the algorithm pushed you to me, but I must have been searching for stuff and I stumbled across your YouTube channel. I've been following for maybe eight, nine months now, and it has really helped me on my journey. So I want to I wanna thank you for making the content that you do because it's definitely helped uh, me grow my channel. So Amanda Hovar, thank you for joining me on the Hovercane podcast. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining the Who I Became podcast. To help spread this inspiring story, be sure to share it with your friends 
hit the like button, and of course subscribe to our channel so you won't miss out on any future episodes. We'd also love to hear how this story impacted you, so leave a comment on whatever platform you're watching us from. To learn more about this episode, our guests, or Simon, head over to the Simon Osimo slash podcast and sign up to receive the latest information delivered straight to your inbox. Once again, thank you for joining us for the Who Out of Cane podcast.